morning, folks. I think that that for, at least for those on site, that well and truly woke us up because that was uh, that was nice and light. Um, just a couple of things um, this morning. Um, one is just a reminder of the road closures in, uh, affecting um, Great Western Road and Byers Road on Sunday the 6th and Sunday the 13th of August. What I'll do is I'll recirculate um, the note about it that Katrina sent around a couple of weeks ago just so that everybody's got it to hand. Um, our access by foot shouldn't be affected and obviously there's other ways to get, get up the back but if anyone has any um, concerns about transport, um, then um, I'm sure any of us will be, who have a better understanding of the road closures will be willing to help you. So um, speak to Katrina or myself, or I think Grace and Will probably have a good idea of it living so close. Um, the um, the other thing is that Katrina's last Sunday with us, as we know, was the 13th of August. Um, we wanted to do something social so that we got to spend some time with Katrina after that service. Um, the service is um, going to be a communion service that's led by Katrina with some members of the congregation. Um, and we're going to invite some some friends to that, that service. And if there's anything, anyone that you would like to invite to that service, please feel free to do so. Um, after the service, we're going to, we've extended our booking and we're going to stay in the hotel for a little bit longer and have some refreshments together. Um, and if there's any um, any good stories that you want to share, come prepared um, and uh um, also, if you would like to have any part in organising that, um, please um, have a chat with me after the service or send me an email um, and we'll we'll work something out. Um, I'm going to send an email out about that today. Um, I know that when I, se I sent an email out last week from the new church secretary email address, so that's secretary at hillheadbaptist.org. Um, that is part of us all moving to having organisational email addresses um, and so that we've got some sort of cloud storage and stuff. So you'll start to see sort of treasurer at Hillheads, that kind of thing coming online over the next few weeks. Um, I know from Katrina Hogg that that, that email landed in her spam folder. Um, so I'm going to send another email out this afternoon. So could you check that you get it and add me to your safe contacts um, if I'm, I'm not already there? Um, just so that we, um, particularly after Katrina finishes up, that we have a, a, a way of, getting in touch with everybody that that works because that's really important so I think that's everything for this this morning <laughs> as we gather for worship let us join together to become the body of Christ Christ is the light that lights our way may we glimpse Christ's light this day
service today focuses on prayer, something that was clearly important to Jesus because all four Gospels record him doing it on the night of his arrest. As we gather today, we're going to begin with what is called a breath prayer, a slow form of prayer where we breathe in on the first phrase and out on the second phrase of each stanza. There are many different ways you can do breath prayer, but this is adapted from a published prayer by somebody called Sheridan Voisey. Throughout this prayer, the language is personal. It uses the language of I. So as you breathe in and out, if you wish to, you may like silently to repeat the words in your mind. Let us pray. Lord God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I breathe in your love and breathe out my insecurity. I breathe in your joy and breathe out my unhappiness. I breathe in your peace and breathe out my anxiety. I breathe in your patience and I breathe out my impulsiveness. I breathe in your kindness and breathe out my indifference. I breathe in your goodness and breathe out my ungodliness. I breathe in your faithfulness and breathe out my disloyalty. I breathe in your gentleness and breathe out my severity. I breathe in self-control and breathe out self-indulgence. I breathe in. I breathe out. And you, Lord God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. And we are invited to join in the Lord's Prayer in our own preferred language and form.
our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. going to read you some words from Matthew's gospel in the J.B. Phillips translation. Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the play actors. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that people may see them at it. Believe me, they have all the reward they are going to get. But when you pray, Go into your own room, shut your door and pray to your father privately. Your father who sees all private things will reward you. And when you pray, don't rattle off long prayers like those who think they will be heard because they use so many words. Don't be like them. After all, God, who is your father, knows your needs 
before you ask him. Our service this morning is thinking about prayer and we'll be focusing mostly on the prayer of Jesus in Gethsemane as recorded in the Gospel of John. But first, just to start us off, we're going to think a little bit about what prayer is and some things that maybe, maybe not, might help us with prayer. Because we're told that prayer is a gift from God. I've certainly been told it should be as simple and straightforward as breathing. And I've been told many a time it's something I really ought to be doing often and more and longer and better. But it can be really difficult, even impossibly difficult to start to pray, never mind sustain it. And as we read through the Bible as a whole, we can see that people have constantly struggled with prayer and praying. Jesus told his followers that prayer doesn't need to be long or clever. That it's often best done in private when you are not going to be tempted either to show off by thinking of clever words and phrases or you're going to feel inadequate because you can't do either of those. So I'm going to start off with some of the things I've been shown over the years, and I'm sure many of you have, that are meant to help us to think about how we might pray. So I'm going to use some pictures. Hopefully, if I do this right. Anyone seen the stop sign as a symbol to help us pray? Okay, I have to assume that everybody who's been here 14 years wasn't in the room that week I used this one before. That's totally fine. So stop, S-T-O-P, and the four letters can stand for things. So S can be for sorry. A reminder that sometimes when we're praying, there are things we need to say sorry for. T for thank you. O for others. And P is for please. That's sort of the idea that we pray for others and, and then we pray for ourselves. So that's so you've not come across that one. I think you possibly have, but that's OK. I know you've definitely come across this one since we moved to the hotel, because I remember giving out teaspoons and Grace is nodding. So it must be right. Can anybody remember what the teaspoon stands for to help us to pray? If you can't remember, it doesn't matter. Thank you, sorry. There you go. Thank you, Nancy. Brilliant. So thank you, sorry, please. TSP is the abbreviation that's used for teaspoon in recipes when you're cooking. So maybe it's kind of a recipe to help us with our prayer. OK, this is a very old one. And it even tells you what it stands for. Oh, no, it's got I'm not gone to the very old one. I slipped one in there. Sorry. Um, joy, Jesus, others, yourself. Anyone come across that one? So focusing on God and Jesus, focusing on other people, focusing on yourself. If they're helpful, they'll work then remember them. If they're not helpful, just forget about them. And when somebody else asks you in another 10 years, you can go, nope, never seen that before. This was the one that uses big words. Um, anyone seen this before? Acts. Holly's nodding. Yeah, I think probably it was popular between when I was a teenager and when Holly was a teenager, which is quite a long spell, to be fair. A for adoration, telling God how fabulous God is, basically. C for confession, 
That's the same as saying sorry. T for Thanksgiving. S for supplication. Anyone know what supplication means? Because, you know, this is exactly an example of what Jesus said you want to do, isn't it? Use big words. Supplication is the prayers where we ask for things. I'm sure you knew that, really. You're just tired because it's Sunday. Who's seen the hand prayers? Yeah, quite a few people nodding about the, the hand prayers. So this is a, quite a helpful one for some people to use your hand. So your thumb as a reminder to pray for those nearest you. The second, first finger that points. Think about people who point us in the right direction in this version. Um, the middle finger, which is the tallest. Think about people, powerful people, people in authority. The ring finger or or fourth, third, fourth, depending how you're counting. The one that doesn't have its own ligament tendon. I can't remember. Somebody who knows these things can correct me. But it's the weakest finger, apparently. And then the little finger to remind us to pray for ourselves. So they're just things that some people find helpful when they're thinking about prayer. If you find them helpful, that's fine. If you don't, that is fine too. I don't know why I've taken that off because we're actually going to sing again now. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to do too many things today and probably failing miserably at least most of them. So we are going to sing again.
from John chapter 17, verses 1 to 5. Jesus looked towards heaven and prayed. He said, Father, the time has come. Bring glory to your son. Then your son will bring glory to you. You gave him authority over all people. He gives eternal life to all those you have given him. And what is eternal life? It is knowing you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth. I have finished the work you gave me to do. So now, Father, give glory to me in heaven where your throne is. Give me the glory I had with you before the world began. experience Christians and often therefore by extension churches seem to be of two kinds there are those who are very comfortable praying for themselves and there are others who find it difficult if not impossible to do so and my suspicion is that we as a church and us as individuals tend to be of that second kind the kind who find it difficult to pray for ourselves. I'm not sure if we're allowed to pray for ourselves even, because over the years we've perhaps been told it's selfish or self-indulgent. Surely we have been told, and actually a lot of those mnemonics that I shared suggest, we should start with worshipping God and praying for other people. And if we've got some time left, then maybe it's okay to pray for ourselves. And yet in what we've just heard, Jesus begins by praying for himself. And at least on a surface level, it seems quite a selfish prayer. Look how good I've been, he says to God. I've done what you sent me to do. Now bring me glory. We have to read a lot more closely to realise why Jesus says he wants to receive glory and what that glory might look like. Because actually, he says, I want to bring glory to you, God. Now, I'm going to be honest, I struggle to identify with that particular prayer. I find it much easier and more natural to look to identify with the prayers in the synoptic gospels, the gospels where Jesus is struggling. The gospels where his prayer for himself is that this might not happen if it's your will, 
let me not go through this, but okay, I'll do whatever you call me to do. But what I want us to hold on to from this section of the prayer today is that Jesus shows us it is okay to pray for ourselves. And we're going to take a time of guided private prayer, which will draw on some words from Psalm 139. So just get yourselves comfortable, whatever helps you to pray, eyes open, eyes closed, staring at the ceiling, standing up, lying down, whatever works for you. And I will guide us through a prayer for ourselves based on Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You are familiar with all my ways. So to begin, let's take a few moments to settle into prayer. To open our hearts and our minds to the God who knows us fully. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Take some time to think about your physical body. Try to focus on the positives and to enjoy what is wonderful about being who you are. Think about your personality. And again, enjoy the positives that you recognize. Think about what gives you pleasure. Name in your heart the things that give you joy and energy. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. Just take a moment to allow any thoughts to arise. Are some of those anxious thoughts, things that keep you awake at night or sap your energy? Just notice them and offer them to God. Take a moment to think back over the week. Is there anything you wish you hadn't done that you did do? Or anything you did do and wish that you had done 
Again, simply note them and hand them to God so that you can let them go. And then take a moment to bring to God your prayers for your own flourishing. How precious are your thoughts, O God? How vast the sum of them. Accept our prayers and lead us in the way everlasting. Amen. John 17, 6 to 19. Jesus continued to pray. I have shown you to the disciples you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew for certain that I came from you. They believe that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world. I am praying for those you have given me because they are yours. All I have is yours and all you have is mine. Glory has come to me because of my disciples. I will not remain in the world any longer, but they are still in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, Keep them safe by the power of your name. It is the name you gave me. Keep them safe so that you can, they can be one just as you and I are one. While I was with them, I guarded them. I kept them safe through the name you gave me. None of them has been lost except the one who has was headed for ruin. It happened so that scripture would come through. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world. I say them so that those you gave me can have the same joy that I have. I have given them your word. The world has hated them. That's because they are not part of the world any more than I am. I do not pray that you will take them out of the world. I pray that you will keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to it. Use the truth to make them holy. Your word is truth. You sent me into the world in the same way I have sent them into the world. I make myself holy for them so that they too can be made holy by the truth. Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor. Hate your enemy. 
But here is what I tell you. Love your enemies. Pray for those who hurt you. this second section of his prayer Jesus focuses on his close friends and it's quite clear as we listen to that reading he knows who he's not praying for he quite clearly says I'm not praying for the whole world I'm only praying for them and if I were to rewrite that in contemporary English I think you could end up with something a bit like this I'm going to pray for the people I like the people like me, the people who think the way I think, who believe what I believe. I think there's a danger that passages like this one can lead to a skewed understanding of intercessory prayer as only praying for other Christians. And I don't think that is consistent with the wider sweep of what Jesus teaches. And that's why I added the second reading, which Hassan read for us, which is exactly the opposite. Pray for those you don't like. Pray for the people who are not like you. Pray for the people it's difficult to like. In fact, pray for your enemies is what he says. I think if we take these two together, what we realise is that praying for others is complicated but there is a call to pray for others, not about others and not against others. And here at Hillhead, one of the things I've always appreciated is a commitment to pray for God's word, world even. And over the last few years, the system we've evolved to use prayer diaries to help us with that. And so we're going to have a time now of guided private prayer for others. Let's pray. Writing about prayer to Timothy, a leader in the church, the Apostle Paul says this. I urge then that requests, prayers, intercessions and thanksgiving be made for everyone. As we come to prayer, I invite you to call to mind the things that you would like to bring to God. It might be something in the news that feels really important. Something connected with your own workplace, college or school. It might be something affecting your family or friends. 
just take some moments of silence now to offer those to God, knowing that you are heard. Next, we take some moments to pray for those who are part of this church. Some who are right at the heart of everything happens and others less tentatively, maybe. If you'd like to, you can open your eyes and see who's sitting near you. Or look at the screen and see whose names are on Zoom. And to lift those people to God. From our weekly prayer diary, we name before God our tech team, Yang Yang, Edith and Tom, Bethany, Emma, Drew and Killian, Jane S, Wendy, Steve C, Neil, Anita and Bonnie, Dr Beth, Mary, Janet and Roger. The Baptist Union of Scotland asks us to pray for two ministers who serve as chaplains. For the Reverend Jared Meenan, who is a healthcare chaplain in Aberdeen, and the Reverend John Crabe, who is a prison chaplain at Lomos. And we're also asked to pray for Johnston Baptist Church. BMS World Mission this week asked us to focus on their work in Greece. And this is what they write. Every year, Greece welcomes thousands of visitors history buffs touring ancient sites, food lovers visiting olive groves, Bible scholars in the footsteps of Paul, tourists seeking sunshine, and people on the move searching for safety and security. Two years ago, BMS World Mission began working in Lesbos with an organisation called All for Aid to provide a range of, of support, such as food and clothing, for people fleeing from persecution. Today, they provide a place where women and children can meet, as well as offering practical support. They ask us to pray both for those employed by the organisations and for the many volunteers who make the world pos work possible as well as those who are served. The Apostle urges the believers in Thessalonica to pray continually, and we do our best to do the same. In these last few moments of prayer, let's offer to God any other people, places or topics that have come into our minds during this time of intercession. May God hear our prayers. 
and empower us to live them out. Amen. Jesus' prayer concluded. I pray also for everyone who will believe in me because of their message. Father, I pray they will be one, just as you are in me, and I am in you. I want them also to be in us. Then the world will believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me. I did this so they would be one, just as we are one. I will be in them just as you are in me. This is so that they may be brought together perfectly as one. Then the world will know that you sent me. It will also show the world that you have loved those who gave me, just as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. I want them to see my glory, the glory you have given me. You gave it to me because you loved me before the world was created. Father, you are holy. The world does not know you, but I know you. Those you have given me know you have sent. I have shown you to them and I will continue show you to them. Then the love you have for me will be in them. I myself will be in them.
And so we come to the last part of Jesus' prayer as recorded in the Gospel of John. And it's the part most often recalled in the context of Christian unity. At its best, it glimpses a vision of reconciled diversity, but all too often it becomes a kind of a stick to beat ourselves up with because 2,000 years later, farther from, far, far from being one unified and uniform organisation, we are an increasingly splintered, wounded and divided group of people. Divided over anything from hymn singing to which translation of the Bible we use, to gender and sexuality, marriage, doctrine, ecclesiology, mission. In fact, you name it, Christians can divide over it. So is there a general principle we can draw from this part of Jesus' prayer? I'd like to suggest that this part of his prayer takes not just a long view, but an eternal view, an eschatological view. It is focused on the ultimate goal or aim, not next week, not next month, not next year, not even 2000 years down the line. It's a prayer that is hopeful. It's a prayer about what might be and in faith that with God's assistance, it will be. For the better part of 2000 years, Jesus followers have known struggle and disappointment. And yet somehow that vision has remained. The dream, the assurance that following Jesus isn't just a good thing, but it's the best thing. And not just for me and mine in the here and now, but for everybody and for always. So for our last prayer focus today, we're going to listen to some words from the book of Revelation. And they're words I use a lot, so it won't surprise you to hear them again. But then allow our imaginations, guided by God's spirit, to use those as a prayer that is hopeful. The writer of the book we know as Revelation says this. I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice. Salvation belongs to our God who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb. I invite you to take a few moments to try to imagine this scene or something similar. Whereabouts are you in this scene? Who's there with you? Who do you want to be there with you? Place them in the scene as you imagine it.
This is a promise from God. Dare you believe it? Can you believe it? Share with God whatever is stirred within you. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. And I heard a loud voice saying, now the dwelling of God is with human beings. They will be God's people and God will be with them. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more mourning or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. The angel showed me the river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. This is the goal, the telos, the aim, the destination towards which our faith travels. Spend a few moments pondering that image. Allow it to sink deep into your being to even begin to become a part of you. If you can, let your imagination inspire your hope. and your hope inform your prayer. The one who testifies these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all God's people. Amen. Just before we sing our final hymn, a teeny weeny practical note, which we can hopefully edit out of the recording. Um, because I'm doing music and everything else on Zoom this morning, uh, the breakout rooms won't get made until after the blessing. But we will now uh, sing our closing hymn.
Our time of worship is ended. Our lives of service continue. May God go with us into the week ahead to empower, encourage and equip us. Amen.